All right, yes. uh, joining us now, uh, another good friend of the program, and of course, a contestant on this year's ANTP competition, aiming to be America's next top podcaster. We have Jason Peters joining us. Hello, Jason. Hey, Scott. How you doing, man? It's good to have you here. How the heck are you? Doing really well, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. No problem. Um, I did have something I wanted to say about you right off the top here because it's in the context of this show, and then we're and we're not actually judging tonight. But you yeah. have probably the most. Um, how do I put this? You're the most exuberant contestant we have right now. <laughs> and I don't mean it in a bad way. Like you've got, you've oh. got excitement whenever somebody gives a little bit of judgment, you're always really thankful for it. You even say so. Um, that just seems like it's kind of your vibe. Do I have that right? Are you just that guy in the crowd? That's like, yeah, man, let's roll with this. We got this. <laughs> so I'm really good at putting that guy out into the world. Let's put it that way. Mm. Right. I think, um, you know, it's kind of one of these things where earlier on, you know, you're a little bit artsy or intellectual, whatever it is, you know, and, you know, you kind of want to put together a persona that maybe people resonate with. And this was actually something that I really developed through sales because I got into sales as kind of like my primary means of income. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you know, being a, a low energy salesperson that doesn't really have a lot to say and doesn't take an interest in people, like doesn't really work to your benefit. So, yeah, you uh, don't really get a lot of sales. Though, <laughs> <do you? laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, so I try to just pump up the energy and then also just, I like being supportive. Like I really appreciate the arts. I really appreciate creation. So when it's something like this with ANTP, it's honestly less manufactured than it might be in like the sales world. Because again, like seeing people put themselves out there, create work that's original to them, seeing people, you know, do things that they literally haven't done. Like last week when Kelly, you know, just crushed the editing on the, the 50 sci-fi thing that we did. And that was her first time. Like you love seeing that, you know, so you got to call that out. Yeah, I, I agree. I, what was your motivation getting into the competition this year? What, what, what about it was like, man, I got to do this. <laughs> okay, so funny thing, recently I found that creatively uh, I was kind of, you know, unfulfilled from the standpoint of like I kind of had a hard time finding my community. I would dabble in a bunch of different things, whether it was stand-up comedy, improv, film, acting, a bunch of different things, right? Mm. And um, I realized that I wasn't really committing wholesale to them, right? I was doing the bare minimum, but then not taking that additional step of really building a community, you know, and connecting with people and meeting with them outside of the productions and going on auditions or doing work together, all that stuff. So I realized that I really needed to, to do a better job of just saying yes to things and involving myself, not just keeping myself on an island and cranking out material on my own, but really finding a way to connect with other people and so this kind of came along my per to be completely honest, this was not anything I had on my purview. Like, I think it was one of those things where I was scrolling Twitter and one of my followers was like, Hey, this thing's going on. I did it before one of the past seasons. It was a really wonderful experience. And I'm like, well, you know, trying to say yes, trying to expand my horizons, do different things. Let's throw something out there and see what happens. Man, and, uh, sure enough, here I, we are. I admire that because uh, <laughs> I'm the kind that would see somebody put something in my Twitter feed and say it was really cool and you should do it. And I'd look at it and go, oh, but I could just eat this bag of chips. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I could binge this uh, TV series or yeah, something like that. Right? There's other things I could be doing. Um, but I but I really I, I admire that. Do you, do you feel pretty good about your chances moving forward? I do. I like them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that, uh, so for our show, uh, Esoterica Cinema, we do a lot of different types of material. So, you know, the bulk of it is it's a discussion 
program. But then we also have this kind of unique wrinkle where we do scripted comedy, <laughs> a scripted comedy sketch for every single uh episode proper that we do. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of given me a chance to touch on all the different aspects of podcasting, whether it's you know, the actual just talking myself, whether it's interviewing someone because we've had guests on, whether it's the editing on the back end, you know, trying to write out a run of show, all these sort of different things that I've been able to touch on here and there. And so to be able to take those and bring them here and apply that knowledge to some of these different challenges that you guys have brought to us, um, I found that it's a, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's worked to my benefit having that experience. So are you, cool. uh, now that you got to be on your own, right? Cause from now on, it's just you and you're well, at least for now, I don't know. Brian may have some surprises. He always has surprises. But. <laughs> <laughs> always <laughs> have surprises. <laughs> Absolutely. You've got to be prepared for anything. Yeah. That's but right. the idea of being on your own and not being in a collaborative, uh, way of, you know, answering these challenges is that, do you see that as a daunting uh, thing to think about? Or is, is this more in your wheelhouse? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like I kind of see this as, as matters coming full circle to be completely honest, because mm -hmm. for the last couple of years, I mean, I do have an awesome co-host, my buddy, Ryan, we're very good friends, but you know, we do kind of have a uh, very dis uh, distinctive roles where I do kind of what I would call the pre-production, which is, you know, corralling the guests, doing run of shows, you know, getting the structure. And then he does the back end with um, the editing. So, but even when I'm doing the comedy sketches, like I'll do all of the editing and sound effects and like each of us does our own unique comedy sketch. We might help with the writing. So all of that to say that like, I'm kind of used to taking things from concept to completion as it is. And I mean, that, that proves true of everything, right? My, my sales cycles, I take through from beginning to end uh, film, you know, I've done films where I've written and directed and produced and shot and done all of that. So yeah, I'm kind of very used to being a one man show and that's not by, I hope it's not because I'm difficult. Uh, hopefully it's just because <laughs> I haven't really been able to get in bed with the right people, but uh, sure. I do know I can be a little much at the same time. I've kind of been trying to scale that back a little bit just to make men's me. So all that to say that, yeah, I think it's kind of just come in full circle. It's been nice from a standpoint of like a workload standpoint of being able to farm out some of those different aspects of the production to different people. But then to be completely honest, you know, you being used to having 100% creative control, that's probably been counterbalanced by the work that goes into coming to a consensus on a lot of creative ideas, especially when you have, um, you know, very different creative personalities and distinctive personalities that maybe look at material differently. That's not always easy to, you know, come to a consensus on matters. So it's all work. It's just kind of different work. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I totally understand that. Yeah. The, the, the trick in, and it's true of a lot of mediums, I assume, but um, in podcasting, having vastly different personalities is often a strength of the mm -hmm. content. But mm -hmm. what people don't know is that behind the scenes or otherwise, sometimes getting those two or three or four, however many people you have on a show, getting those to mesh well is hard. Yeah. It can be hard. It's like a math, it's a math calculation, right? The more voices you have, the more personalities you have, the more chance for stuff to go off the rails or, or problems to creep up later. Yeah, on. they can definitely happen. But I, I don't know. In my case, I've been very lucky over the years to pick a, a lot of good people to, to run this race with and, and it's worked out great. But I, you know, I know some horror stories from others and, couple of isolated instance instances in my own case where <laughs> no pun intended with that word <laughs> where, uh, where things went a little weird, but, um, yeah. <laughs> it's all, it's all part of the bag and it feels like you, 
you've got the right attitude for that. Um, and I, and I think that's going to serve you well in these final weeks of, uh, of, of the competition. Speaking of your show that you do with your friend, Ryan, tell us a little bit more about it. What is it? And, and is it something people can check out now? Absolutely. It is. Yeah. So the show is called Esoterica Cinema. Most people follow that up with what the what cinema. So I'll once again say (laughs) Esoterica Cinema. Okay. And we really earn the esoteric in Esoterica. So there's a lot of podcasts out there that do deep dive analysis on films. We do the same, but it's on most of the, most of the films we look at are films that a lot of people have not heard of. Right. So we're out there trying to sort of comb the cinematic universe, so to speak for what are the gems out there that history has kind of overlooked, right? Maybe it bombed initially, it wasn't the right time, uh, politically sensitive, whatever the reason, right? Actor mm. was not, you know, in a bad place at the time, so they couldn't promote the film, whatever it is. So, you know, you can find plenty of podcasts that'll give you a review of Jurassic Park. And we love Jurassic Park. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, right? I grew up on 90s blockbusters. Sure. But the fact of the matter is you can find plenty of podcasts to talk about Jurassic Park. Far fewer podcasts will be out there telling you about Steven Spielberg's first film, Duel, that mm-hmm. he actually made mm-hmm. for television, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we we will look at that film. You go to a, a cinephile podcast and they're going to look at Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. We decided to do Spike Lee's Crooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. So we're trying to look at films that are, you know, still out there in the mainstream. It's not stuff that you have to, you know, go to some bit theater in Iceland to see because it wasn't distributed. Like these are all mainstream <laughs> distributed films, but they're films that we feel like history kind of forgot about. So we try to bring them up and say, Hey, were these forgotten for a reason? Cause cards on the table. Some of them are, yeah. but mm-hmm. there's a lot of them that are actually really good that just, you know, haven't resonated throughout history. So yeah. Sometimes they're just wrong attention. time, right? Wrong time, wrong place, wrong audience. I, I, I always think of something like, um, I don't know. I love water world. It's no, people are not shocked by me saying this. You know, really? I I really do love that movie. But at the time it was panned. It had a horrible performance at the box office and all these stories surrounding it, how difficult, you know, Kevin Costner was to work with and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like sometimes time can heal some of those wounds and, and remind people that some of that stuff was, you know, maybe a little, maybe ahead of its time, maybe a little too creative for its own good, you know, like some of those things. And it sounds like that's what you guys are mining. I think that's very cool. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And one thing that's kind of unfortunate about the way people look at film these days is, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the sort of behind the scenes reality, especially with just the you know media exposure and social media being able to get these stories out there, it, it can often overshadow the work itself. Right. So, you know, you never it was it was the case like 50 years ago, the technology didn't exist to leak a Christian Bale rant ahead of his film coming out. Right. You <laughs> right. just didn't have that. Yeah. It was probably happening, yeah. but it just wasn't able to get out there in the world to affect the box office. Now, that's a bad example because that Terminator is an awful Terminator movie. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's an example, but like there are instances where, hey, you know what? Something beyond the scope of just the film itself yeah. happened to sour the audience on it before it even came out. So they didn't give it a fair shake. Oh, time heals all wounds. Then we come back to it with fresh eyes and it's like, Hey, you know what? This thing's actually not so bad. Yeah. And there's some you'll see, I'm sure that are like, Oh, that is as bad as we all thought it was. Maybe it's worse. <laughs> and surprising things. Like we didn't realize how poorly a lot of like nineties kind of comedies age, right? Oh, like yeah. Yeah, a sure. lot of the humor in those is very insensitive. And we just kind of, it's, you know, at the time we didn't really think much of it, but now, you know, with kind of 25 years of, you know, better cultural understanding, and where we've come, it's like, 
oh yeah, these are these are a little a little rough to go back and watch. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, good on us. Yeah. Good on us that we can sit here and say, hey, we probably shouldn't have made that joke. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good point. <laughs> we can acknowledge it. It can still exist, and we can have a different view of it. It's all good in the end. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of all good in the end, I hope that your run through uh, this the remaining bits of this competition are uh, are right where you want to be. And if that's the winner, hey, that. man, uh, wind to your back. As one of your judges, all I can say is keep on going. You know, there's a reason you're in the final five. And, uh, you know, who knows how it'll go? Who knows who's <laughs> who knows what jury wrath will fall upon who in the coming right. weeks? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I, I'm uh, I'm pulling for you, dude. I hope it goes really well for you. And uh, remind people one more time the name of your show and where they can get it. Absolutely. It is Esoterica Cinema. You can find us on literally every streaming platform out there. Spotify, Amazon, Google, ITC, which is Apple. Uh, we even recently got on Ghana, which is an Indian platform. We're experiencing some nice growth out there. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. And then uh, we do have the website, EsotericaCinema.com, where we'll give you a little bit more about all the different things that distinguish us from uh, the other stuff that's out there. Very nice. Jason Peters, thanks for hanging out with us today and good luck with the rest of the competition. Scott, Brian, thanks, appreciate man. you guys. All right, I'll see you, you soon. Bet. Thanks, man.